Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. All right, folks, here's a look at markets and we've got more signs of the recent rally on Wall Street losing steam. The 30-stock Dow was down 80 points or 0.2%, closing at 36,125. The S&P 500 slightly underwater by 0.1% to 4,567. And the Nasdaq Composite on the flip side, squeezing out some small gains of 0.3% to close at 14,230. So a reflection of how technology shares are performed in the latest session. So we will look at the latest with Ryan Detrick. He's the Chief Market Strategist at Carson Group. Good morning, Ryan. How are you doing today? Good morning, Ryan. We've got some good names going on here. I've never, I've never followed up a screeching mouse, by the way. This is a first, so I'm not sure what to say. I'm <laughs> sure you do fine. So let's look into what's making noise in the markets. And yeah. it does look like we've got more signs of people getting concerned that perhaps the markets run ahead of itself. How do you see markets going into the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Here in the U.S., right, we just had almost a 9% gain in November in the S&P 500, more in the NASDAQ. We know we've had this huge rally. So it makes sense as the S&P got up around the summer highs. We're going to find a little consolidation here. Um, You know, not overly concerned. One other thing. You know, for whatever reason, December, the last month of the year, is usually a pretty strong one for stocks, right? We know that we talk about the Santa Claus rally. Usually stocks mm. do well late in the year. But here's the catch. The first half of December, usually S&P doesn't all do that well. It's kind of like flat. Most of the gains, nearly all the gains, tend to happen late in the month. So it just wouldn't be interesting if we catch our breath after a huge November and then have an end-of-year rally. We still expect that to be the case. It might just be time for a little break. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's curious because um, we've got the earnings season. We've just finished it off. So what are the catalysts you'll be looking out for to potentially push things higher? What are the fundamentals that could move, um, I guess, improve? Yeah, great question there. I mean, I think it's all about the Fed at this point, right? We had inflation data in the U.S., and it continues to come lower, which is a good thing. Inflation does not look like a problem at all anymore. Interestingly, right around the middle of the month, I believe it's December 13th and 14th, we have the Fed meeting. So the Fed potentially could come out and finally say, you know what, we're comfortable with the way things are. We're indeed done hiking. If you look at Fed funds futures, the market is betting the Fed is done hiking. In fact, in the U.S., we're looking at potentially rate cuts as early as March. Now, we don't think it'll quite be March. It might be more the middle of the year, but that could be one of the big drivers. And then just again, the realization that this economy is on better footing here in the U.S. at least, and people give it credit. Uh, it was a solid earning season, right? We continue to see job, jobs number this Friday. This Friday is the monthly jobs number. So we'll see if uh, if that continues to improve. But the bottom line is it's uh, things. Have, it's been a really good year. The headlines have been scary. We've had some worry and concern, but you know, S&P's up 20% for the year, so I don't think too many of us should be uh, too greedy when you have gains like that. Yeah, Ryan, talk about concern. There's been some concern about how all these rate hikes in the past few months, past few quarters, will start to have an impact, that lag effect, so to speak. Um, what's going to be some of the stuff you'll be looking out for in terms of how it will play out into the U.S. economy? 
Yeah, I mean, believe me, the, the U.S. we had zero percent rates, and then we had five and a half percent rates. Right, one of the most rate hiking schedules, and many people thought that that could upset the apple cart, but fortunately, it hasn't yet. Now, here in the U.S., we look at things like delinquencies and people that are late on payments for their cars and for schools and for mortgages, and those things are ticking up a little bit. But we think it's more just normalizing with kind of where we were pre-pandemic. So we're clearly watching that. I mean, the consumer here in the U.S. makes up seventy percent of the economy. The, any you know, economic data that focuses on the consumer, we're going to watch very, very closely. Maybe the consumer who spent a lot, a lot of consumption here in the U.S. in the third quarter starts to, I hate to say weaken, but kind of takes it back a little bit. But but here in the U.S., with rates going a little bit lower, we we might see a big jump in the housing market, which has been a detraction from GDP, like nine quarters in a row. And manufacturing also showing some signs of bottoming. So maybe the consumer takes a step back a little bit. But we think manufacturing and um, housing will definitely take that baton and continue the economy growing. And we don't see a recession in 2024 in the U.S. Yeah, Ryan, among the things that we've been seeing is all the talk about cost pressures, wages especially, and of course the labour market's been quite resilient. I'm a bit curious, with the labour market numbers looking pretty okay, is that a sign actually of how productivity in the U.S. may not be catching up? Yeah, I mean, listen... Productivity in our in the U.S. We, we haven't had great productivity for a while, right? After the pandemic, a lot of people lost their jobs. Productivity was higher, but that was kind of because literally the people that had their jobs had to work a lot harder. Fortunately, in the last two quarters in the U.S. here, we've seen a good sized jump in productivity. And you think about it, right? Companies have done a lot of investing in themselves. We've seen a lot of construction building and a lot of things like that. But here, we also hired five million people in the U.S. last year, an all time record. Another ballpark three million. Those workers are now they're not just jumping from job to job. So we. We're optimistic that we could see a pretty significant surge in productivity next year, which, again, would open the door. If you have higher productivity, Ryan, if you have higher productivity, you can pay higher wages, but you usually don't see the jump in in, um, inflation. We saw this in the mid-'90s here in the U.S. when we had higher productivity. Greenspan Mm -hmm. saw it, cut rates in 95, and what happened, wages were high, economy did well, but inflation stayed tame. So every two times are different, yes, but we think there are some big-time similarities between what we're seeing right now with the economy and policy and, and productivity and potentially the mid-90s. And for those who remember, mid to late 90s were obviously a pretty good time for the economy and a really good time for investors. Yeah, part of that equation, of course, is how workers have been working from home for a good part of the past few years. So yep. productivity mm-hmm. under question there, working from home, no question marks and quotation marks there. All right, let's talk about what you mm-hmm. are seeing in terms of opportunities in the markets. Where should you be looking yeah. to for investments? Yeah, like I kind of talked about, we don't see a recession. We don't see it. So if you don't see a recession, we think the more, you know, kind of cyclical areas should do better. Specifically, we are overweight small caps in the U.S., mid caps in the U.S., and cyclicals. And I'm looking at industrials, energy, and financials. If there's no recession, those areas should do better. Now, let's be very clear. Small caps and mid caps have obviously struggled here in the U.S. when we had a regime of higher interest rates and higher yields. Since yields have peaked in late October and pulled back, we've seen a big-time surge in small and mid-caps. So we think the Fed is done hiking, like I talked about a minute ago. So we think there's still some big tailwinds for small and mid-caps and cyclicals, and that's how we are tilting the money that we run for our Carson partners right now. Um, that's the areas we like in the next year. All right, and I suppose when it comes to the big mega-cap tech names, it's looking a bit yeah. too rich right now? Yeah, I mean, they are. I mean, historically, if you look at large-cap tech and, and, and telecom, or, I'm sorry, te- yeah, the telecommunications and that, that area, um, they are, they're pricey, right? I mean, it is what it is. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be invested in more. We're more even-weight, those areas, uh, but the large-cap tech, we're even-weight. We just think the opportunities in some of the smaller names. All right, lots to look forward to in the next year. 
Let me check out Ryan Detrick. He's the Chief Market Strategist at Carson Group. Ryan's been great chatting with you. Thanks for the time. Anytime I could talk to a person named Ryan, it's a good day. So thank you, Ryan. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Looking forward to that again. Stay Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.